Good morning. Welcome to Troy United Methodist Church, the few, the proud, the adventurous. You, you did it. I'm so glad that you're here. My name is Andy, and I'm uh, so glad uh, that we are here together celebrating uh, with some great people um, and worshiping a great, great God. Um, you know, after last Sunday and, and uh, Pastor Kurt's message, I can officially say that Christmas is over. And, and a new year has begun, and a new year where, where truly I, I believe that God is going to lead us um, into some exciting territory as a church. Uh, I was just kind of reflecting a little bit. This was, I took about uh, 10, 12 days off um, after uh, uh, the Christmas Eve worship services, and I uh, was just kind of looking at, at some of the, the numbers, how we, we ended last year, and, and just the participation levels, and, and, and I saw that Wow, we, we ended last year with our highest worship attendance, uh, highest journey group participation, and highest uh, general budget giving ever in the life of our church. And, and that is just a little bit of evidence of, of God at work and being alive in, in our lives and through our lives in the ministry of this church. And I have no reason to doubt that that uh, won't continue as we move into 2019 together. Uh, but a, a couple of uh, uh, important things that I, that I wanna share before we uh, dive into this uh, brand new uh, message series that we're calling Generations. Uh, first, let me just address this up front. Uh, yes. I, I do have the beginnings of a beard. Uh, it started as a vacation beard, and my kids loved it, so it's just continued on. And, and truly to myself, I just had to prove that I could grow hair above my neck. Uh, I, I, it's been a while, so I did notice a little more gray in it this time around. But, but, but uh, secondly, and, and far, far more importantly, I, I want to just take a moment to introduce our newest staff member, our director of connections, Dave Dereemer. Dave, I'm gonna ask you to come up here because uh, we've got folks who will be uh, watching online later and I want them to see uh, your, your mug here. Uh, would you welcome Dave? <laughs> Dave, um, Dave I, 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 you're gonna have an opportunity to shake Dave's hand. Hey, look at the camera. See, at nine o'clock, we record. Hello. So uh, 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 you'll have an opportunity to shake Dave's hand after a worship service, but I wanted to share just a, a little bit about Dave. He officially started uh, just uh, this, this past week or at the beginning of the year, and uh, Dave um, has uh, three daughters and a grandson, and his brother Mark and his family have been a part of our church for about six months or so. Uh, after relocating to this area, and, and Dave has uh, been, uh, served our military in the Air Force for 23 years before his retirement in 2016, so uh, thank you. And uh, while he was in the Air Force, he served in a variety of different ways, like his jobs uh, were mostly related to video production, uh, uh, marketing, uh, social media, public relations types of things, and so uh, we, are, we are thrilled. We really believe that Dave's gifts are going to add a tremendous amount to our staff as he steps into a, a full-time role of really connecting our church and, and our community, uh, primarily through communications and marketing, but also in our new guest follow-up um, and uh, overseeing our on-ramp and our membership classes as uh, well as other special events happening around the church and other duties to be assigned, which we uh, learned uh, on a day like today, they, those often come. So, so uh, would, you, uh, would you just uh, thank God uh, in advance for uh, Dave and, and what he'll be uh, adding to our church community. Thank you, Dave. 
It, it, is, uh, it is the beginning of an exciting new year in the life of our church, and it's a year that where I, I believe we will continue to build upon uh, the, the foundations laid by previous generations, as we as a church will invite more and more people on a journey with Jesus. Uh, much will stay the same, uh, but we will also experience some changes um, in the course of a new year, uh, but, but one thing, one thing always remains the same. And, and this is our theme scripture for this series, which comes from the book of Lamentations, and it speaks directly to this. Uh, it's, it simply states, you, Lord, remain the same forever. Your throne continues from generation to generation. And throughout the next several weeks, we're going to be holding that biblical truth as, as our guide that God, you remain the same. I mean, God doesn't change. Despite all the things in our world that change around us, God never changes. We can take comfort in that. And his throne, his reign continues from generation to generation. I mean, the way that we might experience God at work in our hearts and our lives, that may change. But God, God never changes. His rule continues from one generation to the next. And I, find, I think that's a really important thing for us to, to hold on to and, and to remember uh, as a church that is truly multi-generational. Uh, we have four distinct worship services um, here on Sunday morning. Not to mention um, St. Jacob Dinner Church, which if the weather holds up, we will be having tonight. So I'm glad that you braved it. Uh, I hope there are more than three or four of us there tonight. Uh, but, uh, but across all of our worship services, uh, we have an age range of newborns uh, who, uh, who well, they might not remember much, but uh, uh, newborns all the way up to 90-plus-year-old uh, worshipers in, in our congregation. And you know what? We, in that age spectrum, we tend to view the world and view all things through a different lens. We each have our own preferences, uh, the, the, the ways that we best encounter and experience God. Uh, may, maybe the distinction is uh, traditional worship versus uh, modern worship or, or band-driven versus more uh, of a, a choir-driven, uh, suit and tie uh, versus uh, sweatpants. Uh, okay, maybe not sweatpants. But, uh, but, but here's the deal. We are one church with one mission and one God who never changes, who, who remains the same from generation to generation. And over the next four weeks, we're going to take a look at, at the four generations of adults that make up our church body today. And we're going to be doing so with, with three common goals in mind. Uh, first, we want to better understand one another, uh, where, where we've come from, what, what has shaped us, and what characteristics define our generation. Uh, but more than just understanding one another, we, we want to learn to appreciate one another. The, the hopes and the dreams, the, the, the past, and, as well as the future contributions to the world, the, the challenges that we have faced and are facing now. Uh, we want to appreciate one another and, and see the positive qualities of, of each of the generations and, and, and the way they live their lives following God. Uh, but our main goal is to live into God's vision for an intergenerational church. I mean, we're going to learn how each generation has experienced God and embodies the characteristics of faithfulness to God in unique ways 
where together, you put it all together, it reflects a fuller image of God's kingdom and God's vision for the church as we move into the future. Uh, those are the goals that we have this month, and, and we've got quite a lineup. Uh, uh, today, we are beginning with our brand new, or with, with our elders, with our oldest uh, generation represented in our church, the builders. Uh, those who were born in 1943 or earlier, making them 75 years or older. Do we have any builders um, in here this morning? I know we've got at least one or two. All right, there, there are a couple. Uh, uh, we had much, a much higher percentage at 8 a.m., and they braved the snow. So if you didn't, uh, anyway, uh, I'm glad you're safe. Uh, but uh, the next week, we're going to take a look at the boomers, uh, the boomer generation, uh, born at the beginning of the baby boom in 1944 and continuing on through 1965, making them somewhere between the ages of 53 and 74. Any boomers? We've got a lot of boomers in here today. Yeah, lots of boomers. Um, then it, on January 27th, we're going to be tackling Generation X, which is my generation. Anybody else's? Uh, that's uh, if you're between 34 and 52, you're Gen X. Um, and, and then, of course, we can't leave out the youngsters, the Mosaics, born sometime between 1985 and 2002, uh, who are currently 16 to 33. Who, who are the younger folks in here today? Uh, hand, oh, yeah, Rick. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you folks are, are here today, too. But then on February 10th, uh, we're going to all come together in a combined worship service at 10 a.m. In, in this place. Uh, and, and we're going to have a, a, a meal, a free meal to follow up with that free lunch. And, and the, that final week, we're going to pull it all together in a very memorable way, in a way that, that you won't want to miss. Um, so, th so that's what generations is all about. You, Lord, remain the same forever. Your throne continues from generation to generation. Uh, so let's jump into this week's generation, the builders. Uh, whether as adults or children, builders strived through World War I and World War II. They survived Black Tuesday, the Great Depression, and the attacks on Pearl Harbor. Through tough times and hard work, they built families, traditions, values, homes, friendships, communities, and churches. They're called builders because they have left something behind, whereas previously, those things didn't exist. Now, uh, the builder generation is, as with all the generations in, in our series, are made up of a couple of subgroups. Um, and uh, the, you've got the GIs who were born in, uh, before 1925, uh, and then what is oftentimes known as the silent generation, born uh, between 1925 and 1943. Uh, from the GI period, uh, our world is still blessed uh, with the likes and, and the life of Jimmy Carter, uh, Paul Newman, Betty White, and up until this past year, George H.W. Bush and Billy Graham. From the silent generation, we have the likes of Colin Powell, James Earl Jones, Ted Koppel, Paul McCartney, Jesse Jackson. Uh, the, the, the years, just in general, when you're thinking about the, the ways that you were formed and the years that you were most formed as an adult, uh, those, those years typically land uh, between the ages of 13 and 22. And the builders' formative years were from a world vastly different than our world today. It, it was a world uh, defined by a slower pace of life, 
Um, it was unheard of for families to not eat around the dinner table together. Oh, and by the way, it was always mom who was cooking. Um, it, it was a time when things were purchased for their value, not because they were trendy. Uh, people fixed things that were broken. Uh, most people were survivors, faithful, loyal, and dependable. They believed in God and country and family. If a generation could be defined by a scripture passage, Deuteronomy 10, 12 through 13 might be the perfect passage for the builders. Let me just read that to you again. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him and love him and serve him with all of your heart and soul. And you must always obey the Lord's commands and decrees that I am giving you today for your own good. Builders sought to do just that. You know, one song uh, that we sang earlier in the traditional service and will again uh, at, at our next traditional service uh, captures uh, really the heart of that message. Uh, the, the song is Trust and Obey. If you're familiar with it, uh, trust and obey. There is no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And the builders, I mean, the builders embody that message. And, and they did so uh, through challenging times. Uh, the builders, uh, here are just some of the events and, and the ways of life that shaped this faithful and loyal generation. The, the older folks uh, from this generation were born into a post-World War I era. Uh, world War I was a traumatic experience for the entire world. Over 20 million people died in World War I, including over 100,000 American soldiers. Um, here in America, when the war ended, uh, people just wanted to forget it all. Um, and, and thus, the birth of what is known as the Roaring Twenties, uh, the decade of escape. Uh, if you're familiar with F. Scott Fitzgerald's book, The Great Gatsby, it was written during and about and took place in the Roaring Twenties. It, it was a time of economic boom and, and prosperity, really a time of excess and entertainment. But that all came crashing down on, beginning on Tuesday, October 29th, 1929, known as Black Tuesday. Uh, which marked the worst day in the stock market crash that sent the entire Western civilization into a 10-year Great Depression. Uh, this was the time period of the Dust Bowl and John Steinbeck's Grapes of Wrath. Uh, really, the impact of the Great Depression on the builder's generation cannot be overstated or overestimated. Uh, between 1929 and 1932, a worldwide gross domestic product dropped by an estimated 15%. Now, by comparison, during the recession from, of 2008-2009, which, uh, which if you had any investments, you know how difficult it was to live through that, uh, worldwide GDP fell by less than 1%. But it wasn't just the economic challenges that defined this generation. The world, plain and simple, was just different. Uh, th this generation was largely rural, uh, but the times were changing. Uh, in 1900, 37% of the workforce was in agriculture in some form or fashion. Just 50 years later, by 1950, that was down to 12%. Uh, the automobile changed this generation's way of life, too. Uh, many builders can remember when their family bought their very first vehicle. 
Uh, no TV. A radio was the main source of entertainment. And musically, it was the era of the big bands. I mean, Jim, uh, Benny Goodman and Glenn Miller Orchestra, uh, Louis Armstrong and jazz, uh, Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra. Uh, though that, that's what you would tune into to, to dance to and, and to uh, uh, have fun with. Uh, the builders lived through uh, Franklin Roosevelt's New Deal, which helped turn the U.S. economy uh, around by putting millions of people to work. It was the time of the, the birth of the national parks, which countless people enjoy to this day. That is, unless there's a government shutdown. Uh, but, but the biggest life-shaping event for most builders was World War II. Beginning with the Japanese attack of Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941, when over 2,500 people died and were killed. Uh, the United States entered the war, of course, on, on the, the following day. And men, uh, the builders, uh, pulled together and, and everyone did his part to win the war. I mean, men between the ages of 20 and 44 years of age were eligible for the draft and uh, were drafted into military service. Uh, many men uh, volunteered uh, or themselves were drafted. Uh, many women uh, stepped into the workforce in, in record numbers. And those at home prayed and purchased war bonds and rationed in support of the war effort. In our world today, there are many conflicts uh, throughout our world today, but those of us who did not live through World War II cannot fathom the magnitude of this crisis or its impact. Overall, somewhere between 60 and 80 million people died in World War II, including over 20 million soldiers. 400,000 Americans died. 400,000. Now compare that to uh, the next generation's war, the, the boomers' war. Vietnam, where 58,000 Americans died. Or this generation's war, the war on terror, since 9-11, uh, where uh, approximately just a little over 10,000 people, Americans, have died, and uh, roughly a million people worldwide. The magnitude of World War II is unfathomable for most of us living in today's world. And these, these major crises, uh, along with three major influences, really developed builders' characters in substantial ways. Those three major influences being family, school, and the church. The process of becoming an adult was carefully supervised by these three institutions. A social activities revolved around church and school, family life, uh, made, made life fairly stable. And, and this, this helped people uh, find some stability in, in a world that, uh, that were, had difficult times and created a sense of unity amongst people. And, and although the following characteristics don't define everyone in the builder's generation, they're fairly descriptive of this generation as a whole. Uh, builders were hard workers and are hard workers their rural foundations and economic woes dictated need to, to work hard. When, when times were tough, they had to learn how to move ahead with diligence and perseverance. Uh, builders tend to be savers. 
the Great Depression and rationing during World War II just kind of created a thriftiness. And, and it, if we're honest, in some ways, hoarding, uh, right? Uh, but, but have you ever heard this or said this yourself? Oh, we better hold on to that. We, we never know when we might need it. Uh, some of you have whispered that before. Yes, builders were savers. Parents, parents tried to save money um, and, 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 and in order to leave an estate to their children. Uh, the future welfare of their children was a top priority and is a top priority still for builders. Uh, builders also tend to be frugal and cautious. Uh, things were mended or repaired rather than thrown away. Cardboard oftentimes stretched the life of shoes. I had somebody at the 8 o'clock service said, yep, uh, that was me. Uh, uh, lights were turned out. Uh, heat was turned down. Energy burning items were turned off to save money. And, and those in those days, builders used public transportation often uh, when they could and oftentimes walked to the store. Uh, we've all heard the stories of walking to school eight miles uphill both ways, right? Uh, I mean, they, they planted gardens, canned food. Uh, credit was not widely utilized. Make do or do without was a common saying. Uh, the, the, the wars, uh, World War II in particular, uh, really brought this generation together, making them an extremely patriotic generation. Uh, builders also tend to be very loyal. Uh, commitment defines them. Uh, many builders only worked for one company their entire careers. Uh, builders also tend to be private. Uh, personal sharing uh, was for, uh, only for within the family, if that. And builders are generally... Uh, uh, very respectful and teach respect. Uh, parents, uh, bosses, officers, teachers, anybody in authority uh, was to be honored, uh, really, no matter what. And, and builders prove dependable. Uh, they're very self-disciplined and, and like to finish what they begin. I mean, these characteristics, you, you can see how they might even bleed over into the faith of builders. I mean, the loyalty, duty, discipline, and personal responsibility that defined builders made them largely responsible for building up the, the religious institutions of our day. Uh, the majority of builders believed in God. Most were brought up in the church and in Sunday school and are, and are very, very committed to the church. Uh, they, they tend to have a strong sense of obligation in serving the church. They're, they're often at the heart of their churches probably because they're so willing to serve and to give above and beyond. Uh, they, they are the most church-going generation statistically. Um, and, and they give generously, um, especially to religious organizations. You know, whereas current generations tend to focus on, on describing their faith in, in, in a personalized, individualistic way. Builders, being deeply private people in general, uh, don't articulate their faith in exactly the same way. Uh, most, most builders articulate their deep faith by holding strong morals and by being uh, committed to the well-being of the world and their church family. They, they put their, their actions and their money and their heart where they're, where, uh, really where their mouth is. And, and that's just a, a high-end view of who builders are. Uh, what it is that shaped them, and what qualities define their character and their faith. Uh, and, and of course, th and this applies to all of our weeks to follow, it, it is very difficult to uh, clearly uh, connect 
uh, and define everybody uh, when you're making generalizations about uh, a, a large range of people. Uh, but I have found that these generalizations, I mean, they, they hold true for most of the builders that, that I have had the joy of knowing and experiencing in my life. I mean, I think about my, my grandparents and, and um, my, my wife's grandparents and just the, the legacy that they have left. I think about uh, the, the people that I visited in my neighborhood and grew up um, knocking on their door and sitting down and talking with as I collected money for the newspaper uh, that I delivered them for, for eight years. Remember that? Newspapers? Remember? Remember those things? Um, uh, but, uh, but I also think about the many people in the very first church that I was a part of who, who loved me um, and showed me the love of Jesus. Uh, I, I think about many of the builders that I've had the pleasure of meeting who are a part of this church. Uh, not just a pleasure of meeting, but serving, and, and serving alongside. I mean, many of, of the builders of this church literally helped to build uh, this church building and have proven faithful for so many years in, in building the faith of this church. In fact, just this week, I had an opportunity to sit down with one of our members to hear a little bit of his story, and I would love for you to, um, to take a look at this. Good morning. My name is James Merrill. I'm a member of the Troy United Methodist Church in Troy, Illinois. I was born in 1930, August the 27th. I served in uh, our Army Air Force for four years, was discharged as corporal. I have a family of a uh, wife, Margaret Merrill. I have uh, two sons and a daughter, which is both all members of the church. They uh, grew up here at the old church, and later on we moved over to here out of the old church and helped build this church here. I have been, uh, for all the years, I was a usher part-time a little bit in uh, the old church. In my early years, I tried the Navy, and the Navy wouldn't take me. So I tried the Army, and the Army wouldn't take me. So I tried the Air Force, and the Air Force said, I'll take you. And <laughs> at the time, I was only 16 years old. Like Margaret, uh, my wife, his dad was a preacher. Uh, all his, most of his life. I think he started preaching in a young life, from what I heard and, and uh, remembered. And uh, I talked to him quite a bit every once in a while. And he gave me some markers about being religious, being belonging uh, to the church and stuff. I really think that he changed my life along with my wife, Margaret. Margaret done a real uh, good job of changing me. <laughs> I can brag about that. And uh, I, he would tell me, he says, uh, uh, to being an usher, he, he, he loved his ushers. And he said, you need to wear a tie, a white shirt and a tie to be an usher in a church. You need respect, and people will love you for that, and they do. So I can give him thanks for a lot of that, and also Margaret, too. When she, uh, she stood by me and pulled me through a lot of rough times. 
my Christian life is dedicated to her and my kids. To be a builder, like we're going to go through in the next few weeks, is something that I think is one of the nicest things a person can do. Because I can go back and say, I didn't, I didn't put nails and screws and things, but as an usher, I greeted people and welcomed into the church, which was a job of building it all. And I have no, I know that I have a lot of respect for my preacher and for my members in the church. What I'm so really proud of is uh, my family. I've got uh, son-in-laws, I've got grandkids, children, and I've got uh, a wonderful wife and uh, grandkids. And so it's uh, it's an altogether different uh, lifestyle that uh, to explain it, you'd almost have to be there. But the money-wise and the, the ranks and stuff and the pay and the and stuff like that did not mean a thing to me. I was there for one, pre one reason, and uh, that was all. And that goes to, comes on right into the church. I'm here for the reason because God put me here. My family is with me, and it's one of the greatest things that I think I've ever done in my life to help build what this younger generation will need. I believe that's with all my heart. You know, it's rare these days to have the opportunity to sit down and have conversation with a veteran of World War II. He was 16 at the time. Uh, I don't know if you caught that. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed visiting with Jim. Um, he, he is uh, one of the many faithful people from our congregation who have willingly given of themselves to build a better family, a better church, and a better future for the generations that follow. Now, other generations, I think, I think we can learn a lot, a lot from the builder's deep sense of commitment and loyalty and discipline and hard work. But, but I feel that those of us under... 75 years of age, can most admire the builder's willingness to sacrifice for the well-being of others. Whether that sacrifice was through the hard work and providing uh, during economically tough times, or, or living with less in order to provide for the future, or, or giving whatever it took to build this, this church uh, and many, many others, or literally laying down their lives in World War II or the Korean War so that we can experience freedom. Builders' willingness to sacrifice their own comfort and well-being for the sake of others really is, is in general, unparalleled through uh, the, the rest of today's generations. Um, and, of course, it is a wonderful reflection of what Jesus did for us. When, when he willingly laid down his life for others. I mean, the Bible tells us of this amazing sacrifice. Jesus himself said, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down voluntarily. No one has greater love than this than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You know, if there was ever a generation that reflected the self-sacrificial nature of Jesus, 
it has to be the builders. And I just want to encourage those of us who aren't builders, which is the vast majority in this room. When you can, and just take the opportunity to sit down with and, and listen to the stories that builders can tell you about their upbringing, about what life was like, uh, about stories of their lives. And, and make sure to tell them, thank you. Thank you for your sacrifices to build our country, to build uh, our, our economy and, and the, the well-being, the abundance that we experience today uh, for, for building the family and our church, leaving future generations a legacy. Thank you for embodying the self-sacrificial love of Jesus. In fact, uh, let's, let's turn to God right now and thank him for the way that he's shaped our lives through the builder generation. Let's pray together. Well, Heavenly Father, you, you never change. You are the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. But our, our world is so full of change. Some, sometimes it's hard to find something stable to hold on to. And many times the, the most stable things in our lives had their foundations laid by the builders. Our schooling, our, our church, our, our families. Lord, we are and have been blessed, so blessed by the people in our life from the builder generation. And for those of us who, who look up to this generation as our elders, Lord, first we, we say thank you. Thank you for, for them and we pray for your continued blessing upon them as they age, as they prepare um, in some years to say goodbye to this world and hello to you. But we pray that you would teach us the, the loyalty and commitment and willingness to sacrifice for the greater good the way that they did. Help us reflect you as we learn from them. And Lord, for those of us here today who are builders, Lord, oftentimes it feels like our days, our best days have passed. And the world has changed so, so much around us. Yes, there has been so much built, so much accomplished, but also so much lost. And we've given, yes, but, but sometimes it feels like we don't have anything left in the tank to give. I thank you, Lord, that you never change. And Lord, we look forward to the day when we will see you face to face and our hope is that we will hear these words, well done, good and faithful servant. But until that day, help us reflect and appreciate and do what we've always done, pour into the life of our family and our church to leave behind a legacy of faithfulness. Lord, give us your sustaining spirit to endure until that day. We pray it all in the name of Jesus, the great faithful one. And all of God's people agreed and said, Amen.